Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 49 of the Lessons Learned podcast. It is Sunday, the day after the U.S. presidential election, and Kamala Harris is vice president-elect of the United States of America, the first South Asian black woman to be vice president-elect of the United States of America. Before I started recording this episode, I was already crying, (laughs) and I know I'm going to get emotional throughout this episode, but I thought it really important to record because... I want to hear the joy of this moment. I want to hear what it meant to me. This is a bit of a time capsule for myself and for everything that's in my heart when it comes to what's happened and the change that's happened and what the last four years have been like in my life. And then I want to leave all of you with why it's important that we make meaning out of what's just happened in the world. Because when something this significant happens... It can be a blip and we just continue on with our lives, which we're all going to do because we all have lives and work and things to get back to. And there's a sense of relief and comfort that we're feeling. Yet, before we do that, let's soak this in. Let's show the world what and continue to show the world what unbridled joy looks like because we've seen that across the streets of the United States. And let's take a second to hold this moment for ourselves. I want to start with a trivia or like a fact that I learned yesterday about the first song that was played during the fireworks show um, after or at the acceptance speech um, that Joe Biden gave. And so you saw the fireworks show and the first song was Song Full of or Sky Full of Stars by Coldplay. And that song was actually Joe Biden's son, Bo Biden's favorite song. And it was a song that played at his funeral. And it just felt so symbolic in that moment. And, you know, listening to the political commentators for four days nonstop on CNN, I learned a lot about Joe and Bo's relationship and how Joe always said that Bo Biden was a better version of himself and that he had hoped that one day Bo would take his seat um, in congress and that one day he would become potentially president and he passed away from a brain tumor and so that moment when the fireworks were going off i didn't even know that tidbit at the time but i just felt so moved and i personally i love and adore fireworks we got married on canada day which is like the canada day july 1st um and I kind of did that because I knew every anniversary that Mitch and I have, there will be fireworks and we'll have something beautiful to like commemorate. And I just love how they look in the sky and that feeling you get when you see them of awe, of joy. And so I can only imagine what a release it was for the family of the president-elect and the vice president-elect to be standing on that stage. And the legacy, you know, I'm sure that when Joe was making meaning of this moment. This was something that he's been called to do. 
um, to help move us out of a Trump era, to help bring this, you know, he really is a moderate when it comes to being the guy that wants to help build compromise, help bring both sides together. He's not necessarily going to be as progressive as a lot of us young folks and activists and BIPOC folks might want him and Kamala Harris to be. And these are things that we will continue to reckon with now that they are elected and once they go into office after January 20th. But in the meantime, just soaking in, you know, the reality for him that this perhaps wasn't how he expected or when he expected to become president. Maybe this is something he never even thought was going to happen this late in his life. He had run in the past. He had, you know, lost those times. He had served as vice president. He is now the oldest president to ever be elected. Formerly, it was um, President Trump um, who was the oldest president to ever be elected. But Bo's legacy and all the dreams that he had, that Joe may have had for his son, came manifest for him. And so in the first moment after that, powerful speech that he gave. And I say powerful because I haven't seen him speak in that way. And a lot of er, conservative commentators were like, that was an okay speech, like what happened? And it's like, we want to go back to boring. We want to go back to solid when it comes to the commander in chief. And he did all those things, but just the way that he spoke, the fact that he named, you know, the trans community in his speech, it's the first time that's ever happened. And the fact that Kamala Harris was on that stage accepting and the things that she shared about how her mother always told her, you may be the first, but don't be the last. And so that fireworks moment just meant so much. And so I want to soak that in. And like, anytime I go back to watch it again, which I'm sure I might with my kids or whatever that looks like, I want to remember the full encapsulation of what that moment was. And it's really cool because I had the opportunity to meet Mina Harris last year um, at the wing. She was doing an event um, discussing dreamers and folks, um, in the Latinx community and the stories that are happening around um, ICE detainment and families at the border. And so I got to meet her then, and that was our first time meeting, and we've just DM'd online and um, we're acquaintances. And so to see her on stage and her little girls and Kamala, Auntie Kamala, coming and grabbing them and bringing them to the forefront with Joe Biden, these young Black girls at, at the front of that stage, it was just so moving. And the photos that came out after, there's, it's joy is back in the White House, you know, dancing, humanity, love, care. It's all back in the White House. And the reason I wanted to hone in on the way that Joe might be making meaning of what's happened and trying to make sense of the loss of his son's life, which probably never made sense, if there was a little bit of sense making that yesterday and this journey may have provided to him of purpose of that thing that can pull a parent forward after child loss, like, wow, someone said, you know, to have a president during this time when hundreds of thousands of American citizens have died and will die from coronavirus, to have a president who understands grief and vulnerability and connection, what a important gift right now. And you know, we talk about all these things here on the show and how important it is for us to reckon with those parts of ourselves because it helps us connect more deeply with other people, make the impact we want to show up in the world the way that we want to. It's so important. He speaks the language of grief. He speaks the language of loss. He speaks the language of empathy and vulnerability. And we need so much of that right now. 
So I'm sharing just the different pieces of this, of the election, and the things that mean something to me. Um, and at the end of the show, like I shared, I'm going to give you a list of questions for you to also take a second to reflect on why this means something to you, whether good or bad, what it calls you towards. But I wanted to just share with you what that looks like for me. So you can have like, because it's also hard, right? You see something like big like that happen and you're like, what do I do now? And self-reflection is a really powerful first step after we go through this kind of collective change to again, make sense of it, bring meaning for it back into our lives. In the well-being and subjective well-being research, meaning and significance are two key parts of living a good life and and a purpose-driven life. And so when we look at meaning and significance, significance comes when we write things out, when we make sense of our role in the bigger picture. And meaning is, what does this mean to me? What from this am I going to glean to pull me forward in my life to make me take the next steps in my life? So we're figuring that out here together. So next up is, for me, seeing Kamala Harris and her husband together, this biracial couple, this woman who is half Jamaican, half Indian, this Jewish man, Douglas Emhoff, and their love for each other. And that even when she received the news, she was out on a walk with him and the embrace that he shared, the picture of both of them when she got the news. And he's such a hype guy for her. He loves her so much. He's so proud to be the second husband. There's just so much joy and genuine care and love for his partner, for her ambition, for everything she wants to be in the world, is in the world, has done in the world. And you just, there's such a sense of independence between them and therefore true care, love, and belonging with one another. And the reason I can see it, I think, is because that is exactly what Mitch and I have. And I, we've, we talked about this on the show around um, mine and Mitch's anniversary and Valentine's Day about our journey as an interracial couple, Mitch being white, myself being Punjabi, Indian. And there's still a stigma around these interracial relationships in our, in the South Asian community. Um, it's so much better now than even when I was younger, or I'm sure like prior to that, when even Kamala's parents got together. And just seeing an interracial couple like Mitch and I, with the kind of love I know we have, with the care, support, love, joy, like not an ounce of jealousy or competition between the couple themselves, like just true unbridled support of a man for a woman and her ambition. It is fucking beautiful. It is gorgeous. It is so much more of what we need. Mitch and I have been together for 12 years. And he was in here earlier. We, uh, part of my birthday is this Tuesday on November 10th. And part of my birthday gift or like my birthday rituals is to do your planning and to just sit and reflect on the last year, celebrate wins, look at failures and losses, make sense of what happened this year personally for me, and then to plot the path forward. And so Mitch was doing the same thing. And he was just, we started asking each other these questions I saw on Instagram that 
this Instagram couple was like, you got to have these hard conversations with your partner. So I asked him some of the questions and we realized, you know, those questions make sense when you're perhaps going through a hard period with your partner. So we flipped them on their heads. And one was like, what's something I used to do for you that I don't do anymore that you wish I would do? And Mitch said, you know, there's nothing that you don't do for me. If anything, it or that I used to do for him. He's like, if anything, it's just grown. And we don't keep score like that. And we simply just care about our love for each other. And it's really selfless and selfish at the same time, which is perfect. It is caring and joyful and full of pleasure and attraction and the really important parts of intimacy that you need. And then also just this genuine care and support for my dreams and for me for his dreams. And to see that represented <laughs> by the vice president-elect of the U.S. and her partner, it's incredible. They're, it's also a form of acceptance I didn't know I needed. To see it at that level makes me realize how okay our love is. Because I know our love is pure and incredible and beautiful. But to see the vice president-elect be that in love with her partner and him support her in that same way and them be an interracial couple, it's just like, yeah, love is love is love is love. And we are out here loving on each other, supporting each other to the highest places we can possibly go. And so if that doesn't motivate me or you, like what else do we need? Being fully seen in our identity, accepted for who we are and elevated and seeing this isn't going to ever hold me back. No matter what I was told, no matter what people said to us about why we shouldn't be together. If anything, this love is going to help elevate my life to the next level. And to this day, it has. But I've always felt bashful about owning it and talking about it. But my partnership with Mitch is like a fundamental pillar in my life and reason for my success and my emotional capacity and my emotional competence and my ability to be who I am. And so seeing them, that beautiful interracial couple, <laughs> vice president-elect of the United States, like I feel fucking seen. <laughs> so that meant a lot to me the Bo Biden piece and his relationship with his dad and that first song for the fireworks meant so much to me. The interracial aspect of uh, Kamala and Douglas's relationship means so much to me. Next up is obviously Kamala Harris's South Asian identity and heritage. So her parents divorced in 1971 and Kamala was, I think, six or seven years old. And her mom raised her and her sister as a single mom. Um, from what I've read, Kamala and Maya, her sister, would continue to go to Jamaica to see their Jamaican family, but they don't often reference back to their dad, who continues to be a Stanford professor. And a nuance here, because I come from a Punjabi family, and my dad came to Canada with um, his mechanics uh, certification from college and came as a working class immigrant. And... Kamala Harris's mother came to study at Berk or at USC, and so did her father. And they were highly educated. And so in the U.S., immigration at the time did prioritize highly educated immigrants to come into the country. And so you see the 
ability for, and I'm not to diminish and to say that that's not something I could have done or anything like that. My cousins are highly educated doctors, engineers, lawyers. I chose media as my, as my avenue for work. Um, but to just share that this is part of the, the story behind how this beautiful moment came to life. And so immigrants who came to the U.S. to continue their, and their education, which in the U.S. was a priority for, for how they would allow immigrants into the country at the time, and then being at USC, and then Kamala being able to go to Howard, and then Harvard, and Maya going to Stanford and Berkeley, and continuing this higher Ivy League education within their family, and then Mina Harris being able to go Stanford and Harvard, and all lawyers. It's, and again, Maya Harris, Kamala's sister, had Mina at the age of 17 and continued on herself as a single mother at the time um, to go to Berkeley and then go to Stanford Law and meet her husband. And it's just so cool to see that breadth level of representation, of determination, of love for your family, um, to see what a single South Asian mother can do raising her brilliant children and to not just be inspired by that and to think about you know when mitch and i do have kids if we can have kids so making meaning of seeing all those different aspects and the value of education and what the next generation is capable of when you have a determined strong mother or parents or support system and love as a priority in your life and your family yes that is incredibly motivating for me to create that container as a family, as, you know, a pillar of my community in my life, and to keep that as a fundamental value. It's, they're so inspirational. They're just wonderful humans. And I know we know so little about the interpersonal, all the things, but when you look at it just and from the outside and, and you get a sense of a little bit of it, it is so deeply motivating and moving. Um, and again, there's an Indian, half Indian, half Jamaican woman as the vice president-elect of the U.S. And she is unabashedly herself. Unabashedly, like, she says she eats no for breakfast. Like, there's just this power to her. And I'm here for it because it reminds me of my mom and so many South Asian women that I know. And it's just this, I know who the fuck I am and don't try to tell me otherwise. And I'm here to do the job, and I'm going to do it better than you ever could. Yeah, that's my mom. That's what I want to embody. That's what I see Kamala Harris embodying. And that's what I want to make meaning out of in terms of that piece, is just remembering who the fuck I am and where the fuck I come from and what the fuck I'm here to do. <sighs> wow. So what this is calling me forward to do and how you can make meaning out of this for yourself. So... First, take time to digest this. Let the joy rise. Let the relief happen. So I also, to make meaning of this, need to remember where I was four years ago at the Javits Center on election night when Hillary Clinton was not named president. It was a really intense atmosphere. Staffers were dry heave crying with each other. We were backstage. We had kind of snuck our way backstage. And Hillary Clinton's podium where she was going to speak was just like maybe 50 meters from where we were standing, but she never came out. Instead, someone came out and told us, get home safely. And then the concession speech happened the next day. 
And that was a period of time when I was in my toxic relationship with my co-founder, when I was being gaslit, when we were working on a movement with Dream Girl to enable more women identifying people to build businesses and make economic impact through business. But it was a white feminist space that wasn't safe for me as a BIPOC woman. And that's when my neurological illness hit. That's when I was in my cancer recovery and became cancer-free. It was crazy. And the four years between then and now, I had to learn how to remember who I was because so much of that experience with Aaron took so much from me. I was a shell of who I was when I left. And truly yesterday, when the results came through, I looked at Mitch and I said, wow, like, I thought I lost a part of myself four years ago, but I didn't realize the slow hum or out of necessity, my brain didn't let me process the slow hum of what a Trump presidency meant. And yes, I felt scared in my identity at times. Yes, I felt more constricted. There was just so much in this body that felt oppressed just from his mere existence in that place because white supremacy is on the rise, because I'm not a white bo- woman white in a white body. Like, there, of course those things are true, but it's like my brain had to ignore or put to the side that that was real so that I could function and just do my best. And so to make meaning of this, yeah, I feel like lighter, a weight off my shoulders. Chrissy Teigen was hilarious and she said, it's like I took my extensions out, eyelashes off and bra off all at the same time. I totally agree with that. I feel free. (laughs) So to make meaning of it, look at the last four years of your life. Write out what changes have happened for you, what you learned from Trump's presidency, what it made you think about yourself and your existence in your body, how it maybe ignited activism for you. For me, I understand so much better what activism is and what it looks like for me to be an advocate because I know the nuance now. I'm not an activist. I'm an advocate. And activists are on the ground doing the organizing work, doing the very critical work to have what happened happen. Stacey Abrams, the women across Georgia, the black women across Georgia who helped bring the vote out, AOC, Jagmeet Singh, activists, politicians, and grassroots organizers as well. And it's just across the board. The last four years showed me what real activism is and helped me realize I am an advocate. I can help amplify and bring light to those who are doing the real hard work on the ground um, and to fully understand how to do that well. So looking back and saying, what was the last four years like? And then making sense of the pieces of what happened yesterday and this election result that resonate most with you like I did, sharing these various pieces, write out what that looks like for you or speak it to someone. Just have a conversation with someone and just share like, these are the things that matter most to me about this change. This is why it means so much to me. And then what is it calling you forward to do? For me, it makes me feel so much more confident in myself, in my identity, It makes me want to stop diminishing myself. Mitch was just saying to me one of the questions that we asked each other was, what is something that you see me doing that you know is holding me back? And he says, you diminish yourself. You love to make new friends. You love to reach out to people you admire. But right now, you don't think you're good enough for them. You don't think that you are on the same playing field. You're diminishing yourself and it is hindering you from doing that thing you love, which is connecting and building community with others. And he's right. I know that to be true. I know that to be 
linked somewhat to what was happening in the world around me. But the awareness I have around it and seeing what happened yesterday, it's like, there's no time for that. And if it happens, process it, deal with it, work through it. Ask yourself, why am I diminishing myself? And then ask yourself, who am I? What am I here to do? And I know what I'm here to do. This, these conversations, this look at empathy and vulnerability that we do together, this look at resiliency, this look at why organization planning, the research behind all the pieces of why these things matter to us. I do this because we have to survive and thrive. And we are the next generation of leaders. We are this current generation of leaders who are going to inspire Gen Z and beyond and help bring them up so that as Kamala Harris says, she's the first, she's not the last. And we need to do this across industry. And so this ability for us to better understand who we are, how we operate, how our minds work, this is the training I am here to provide a generation of BIPOC leaders so that we can go across industry, be well in our bodies, be connected to one another in community, and so that we can be resilient as we dismantle systems of oppression and take up the space we fucking deserve. That is my calling forward. And so if I'm diminishing myself, I'm not serving anybody. I'm not serving this bigger work I'm here to do. And so that's how I'm making meaning about my next steps. My superordinate goal, this is something Angela Duckworth, the author of Grit, talks about, that bigger life mission and purpose for me is what I just articulated to you. So now as that pulls me forward, is reinforced by big happenings in the world like this election yesterday, and also I came to this clarity because Tr Donald Trump was president. That helped me refine the know that BIPOC people, BIWOC, Black Indigenous women of color, we need community. We need to feel seen. We need to make sense of things, especially when we're in spaces where we might be gaslit. We need to be equipped and prepared so that we can sustainably do what Kamala Harris just did yesterday. And it's incredible. So do these steps. Look back at the, at the last four years and ask yourself, what changed in me? What did I learn from the Trump presidency, from that period of time? And we're not out of it. 70 million Americans still voted for Donald Trump. But we do have a sense of hope and light now that the leadership is shifting. And so we're going to let ourselves grasp onto that joy because joy is so important to life, to progress, to improvement for ourselves, to feeling good in our bodies, minds, and spirits. So I'm not going to diminish that. So let's be in the joy of this right now. So look back. What did you learn from those four years? What mattered most to you yesterday when you saw this change happen? What made you cry? What evoked emotion in you? What inspired you? And then part three is looking at what is it calling you forward to do? What is your bigger purpose that this is reminding you of? And what are the next right steps to help you get there? Again, these journal prompts are going to be at komal.com slash 48. I believe this is episode 48. Um, whatever episode number this is, um, komal.com slash that episode number so that you can journal this out and figure it out for yourselves. Don't let this week go by with you just rushing into the next piece. A lot has changed and it's our responsibility to make a really good sense of it. And we are going to do that together. So I'm going to stop here and I'm going to also remind you that your best year, the year planning program that I have put together, it's a virtual year planning retreat happening December 5th and 6th. We are going to plan our 2021s together. So if seeing Kamala Harris become vice president elect yesterday didn't light a fire in you 
or if it did light a fire in you, this is your next right step. You need a space to make sense of what you want next. And then your best year is exactly that place. We are going to be looking at celebrating our wins and losses from this last year, looking at where we are now, and then planning our strategic next steps forward. It sounds similar, doesn't it, to the process I just wanted you to go through around why yesterday mattered. But now we're going to do it for your full 2021. And on top of that, we're going to meet every quarter in 2021 to make sure that you stay on track with your goals, that I stay on track with my goals. Can you imagine where we will be in a year? having each other in our corners, having a community of people to support us and uplift us, connect us, and to help us make our dreams a fucking reality, like Kamala Harris did yesterday. Let's fucking go. Until next time, I love you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Komal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at LessonsLearned.co. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye!